0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres walk away with a commanding 4 to nothing victory over one of the NHL's best teams in the Colorado Avalanche. In this one, Uko Pekka, Luke, and picked up his first career shutout, making 23 saves at home, again, as the Sabres took down the Avalanche at Key Bank Center on Sunday. Jeff Skinner had another really strong game with two assists for the Sabres. J.J. Paterka had an excellent game as well, picking up the first goal of the game. In addition, Casey Middlestat, man, continues to impress in the early goings of this season as he had a goal in this one that was off of a great two-on-one. He also had an outstanding check on a Nathan McKinnon rush in which we saw that burst that we've been talking about that's really developed in his skating over these past couple of years here in addition to that Rasmus Dahlin had the empty netter there continuing his point streak Tyson Jost he had a really great goal when he scored from the high slot on a feed from Alex Tuck overall Taylor this was just a really strong effort against one of the NHL's best teams you're shutting down arguably two of the five best players in the NHL and Nathan McKinnon and Cal McCarr in this one facing off against Colorado starting goaltender to we should say and alexander Georgiev. all in all a, a really encouraging effort from the sabers and also one other guy that deserves a shout out too. alex talk is back folks looked excellent today looked like his old self so taylor what were your thoughts from the sabers four to nothing victory over the colorado avalanche
1: probably the, the best win this season uh basically no doubt actually it is the best win of this season i don't remember a better win since maybe last april last march just uh wall to wall great effort. Uh like you all you guys mentioned obviously had good games, but I'm struggling to think of anyone who didn't have a good game today. And it wasn't just like UPL had a good game obviously too. His first NHL shutout that was great. But they actually unlike the uh the last year or so of them, they made it easy on their goalie. There was a time late in the game I looked up Colorado only had twenty shots at one point in the third period. Even with score effects, they were really neutralizing what's a very dangerous Colorado attack normally. hmm so it was basically all three phases of the game. They just pounded them, and I don't know if Colorado was tired. They just played Pittsburgh as well. They got shut out by them too. Yep. Uh, like, but man, that was just an incredible effort. Super encouraging. And I, like I said, I don't really have anything negative to say about anyone. Even the controversial, we'll say, uh, hit, Oposo on Makar. Uh, I think if you watch the replay, that's really a very unfortunate case of Makar losing an edge. Just go into the boards. So I do not have anything bad to say? oposo on the hit. So, just fantastic all around. And also shout out to the broadcast, Dan, Rob, Duffer, and Marty, all wearing very, very sharp goat head coats. It made me want to buy one. I have to look up how much they cost, but I, it would be in the uh, the arsenal.
0: We'll the see. bomber jackets.
1: Yeah, I actually own one of those
0: myself, and let me tell you, it is very, very worth it. So, I would highly recommend. Mm. No, I agree, though, Taylor. It was all around a great game for the Sabres here. I agree with you in the Oppozo makar little incident, I guess. It, it was just the case. Yeah, Makar obviously is a, a one-of-a-kind world-class skater, but it just looked like he lost an edge, and it was an awkward fall. Like, Oppozo didn't do anything or give him, like, a shove or a push into the boards that would have made him fall and, and hurt himself in that way. It was No, just... he was slowing down, too. Right, right, absolutely. So I, th- I think really the storyline from this game, or I shouldn't say that, I should say one of the key pieces of the story to this game is UPL. Again, having his first career shutout, he looked about as controlled and net as we've seen him in quite some time. As we've, as we all know, the Colorado offensive attack is pretty outstanding. There is just a lot of firepower up front. Obviously, you know, this is a team that doesn't have Gabriel Landeskog, but you still, as we mentioned before, you have McKinnon up there. You have Miko Rantanen. Uh, Ross Colton, Ryan Johansson, Valerie Nishkinen. There, there is just no shortage of rock solid players in that forward group. And Jack of course Johnson.
1: Have,
0: what's that? Oh, you were just
1: talking about forwards. Sorry.
0: Well, and of course, on D though, they do have a very talented D group: Makar, Devontae, Sam Girard, uh Oh my God, um, Manson. They, yeah, Josh Manson. Like there, there's a really good group here that they went out there and just they. Flat out outplayed them, but UPL really did his part, especially in the early goings of the game. It felt like Colorado had gotten off to a, a hot start there. They are just so fast in transition. So many good skaters on that team. And it felt like UPL really held it down in the early goings of that game that allowed the Sabres to then take over in the way that they did. Uh, Again, I mean, there was, I thought he looked very measured in there, had a lot of poise in his game. He looked really smooth and confident going side to side in the net. He made a lot of tough saves. He made all the easy saves as well. Just, you know, all around high marks to UPL in this one. It was a very, very impressive effort, a very, very encouraging game after what was, we could call a pretty shaky one, uh, coming in relief of Eric Comrie against New Jersey and that tough loss on Friday night. But UPL totally turned it around. This is a game that, again, the the Sabres very well could have lost going into it, but they were able to maintain their composure. They skated toe-to-toe with one of the fastest and best, most talented teams in the NHL and came away with a victory here. So that was great to see. One guy that I think we also should talk about, too, that I'd like to get your thoughts on is Alex Tuck. He looks like he's back now. It's been a couple straight games for him where it's looked like the light has kind of turned on. I don't know if there was maybe an early season injury that he was nursing or something, or whether it was just taking him a little bit longer to shake some of the rust off from the off season, but he looked fantastic today. He was dangerous in the offensive zone. He was a threat on zone entries. He was great on the four check. He had a couple of nice plays back checking in his own zone. All in all, it was a really solid game from Alex Tuck. So what were your thoughts on Tuck's performance this afternoon, Taylor?
1: He just looks like Alex Tuck again. I don't know if he was playing through something for the first couple weeks of the year. It makes sense that he would have been. But yeah, he just he looks like the guy that we uh, really fell in love with as hockey fans the last two years. He looks aggressive in the forecheck again, but still defensively responsible, just all around playing uh, his game again, which is great to see, honestly, because I don't know where he ranks as the most valuable Sabres, but it's definitely top five. So it's great to see him back. And it's great to see also Cousins, which... It's been a couple games now of him looking much better as well.
0: Significantly better. Yeah. I I think much of the things that we were just talking about with the lights going on for talk, I think that the same could be said for cousins where you're starting to see a lot more as you talked about a, a couple episodes ago when it comes to, or if it maybe was last episode, but the ferocity on the forecheck, I think is something that was really a hallmark of cousins game. And just, again, being an offensive threat when you're out there. I think both of those guys had a couple of really, really solid shifts in the offensive zone where they were dominating possession, where they were able to control the flow of the game with the puck on their stick. And so it was was really, really encouraging there to see both of those guys having the games that they've had and having and, and really putting together this good string of games here. Another thing that we need to talk about, This Sabres penalty kill continues to impress going five for five in full penalties today. There was, of course, Skinner had his cross-checking penalty that came, I think, with a few seconds left in the game, but five for five against that Colorado power play. Really, really impressive. Still something to be desired there when it comes to the power play, but... Taylor, you got to be happy with how this penalty kill continues to look. And it feels like they've made the proper adjustments this offseason, both in terms of the strategy when they're out there and as well with personnel that it's really clicking now. And they're able to lock it down when they're out there on the penalty kill. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was a huge problem last year. They had an average penalty kill. They make the playoffs with room to spare last year. This year it's it's night and day. The penalty kill looks fantastic and <clears throat> excuse me. It looks it's encouraging that Granada really looked at that in the offseason and you know, worked with his assistants to change it and knew that they just couldn't go into the season with that same kind of penalty kill. Like you said, the power play is something still to work out, but the personnel changes absolutely worked out too. And I'm sure it helps that Greenway is healthy and playing well. Really helps out the penalty kill as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Greenway, again,
0: you know, it was another strong effort for him. I think that it was interesting because coming into this game, Granado had tinkered with the lines a little bit. So we got a different look from what we had gotten on Friday. And let's be real. Friday's loss against New Jersey. It was a a tough loss and it was a back and forth game again with one of the NHL's most talented teams, the Devils obviously have been amazing led by Jack Hughes, who is off to an unbelievable start right now, early heart front runner, I think pretty far and away. And even though they lost, I didn't think that it was as a result of, of the forward lines or the five on five play by any means. I thought that they went toe to toe with them and really matched up well against New Jersey in that sense. But in any event, we did get a different look at some lines today. The top line being Tage, playing with Jordan Greenway and Zach Benson. In addition to that, then we had Skinner playing with Middlestat and Paterka, Jost playing with Cousins and Tuck, and then you had Krebs centering Gergensens and Apozo. So a bit of tinkering there, but it worked. And I think that part of why it worked so well after having such a game, uh, a good game on Friday where you probably didn't have to move the lines. I think that speaks to the depth that we have right now in the forward group on this team. And the fact that you have guys that have different skill sets and complementary skill sets, and they're able to work so well together. So Taylor, give me uh, uh, your sense on this lineup that we had today. Like, did you think that this was the right move to make in hindsight now, actually, after looking back after this game Uh, Do you still feel as though it maybe wasn't necessary to tinker with the lines?
1: What are your thoughts on the new lineup? I think, yeah, tinkering with the lines was a good idea. And it reminded me, I totally forgot about this, but shout out to everyone who said this on Twitter, the lines look a lot more like they did near the end of last season. And I guess, um, well, the tinkering they did originally about two weeks ago, today's lines, you know, I think, I think I've said this basically every year we've done the pod. I think tinkering is good in the first half of the season. Like, figure out, like, what works. Maybe learn something you didn't know about how one guy might compliment another. I like it. You know, don't do anything stupid, obviously. And I would say don't, you know, if you have something you know works, don't try to mess with that too much. But in, in general, I'm I'm in favor of it. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that there's something to it, and I'm I'm totally with you in
0: that. Doing that in the early part of the year is good, not only for figuring out what the long-term line combos are, but knowing when you get into some of those slumps or some of those slower stretches, if a guy is struggling a little bit, you can at least refer back and say, oh, well, you know, Benson worked really well with Tage in the early parts of the season, so we could put him there, or so on and so forth. And what were your thoughts on Zach Benson today? I thought that he had a couple of really great opportunities, namely that move in front where he just got it wide open in the slot, made the move to the backhand, and wasn't able to put it past Georgiev. But overall, I thought that he had a couple of nice plays in the offensive zone. He had a couple of good defensive plays. Obviously, you're still seeing some of the the growing pains there and just transitioning to the NHL level and playing at that pace. Overall, it felt like another game where Zach Benson was able to keep his head above water and contribute and be just a a serviceable NHL player, which, again, is saying a lot for an 18-year-old drafted outside the top 10. So what were your thoughts on Benson?
1: Yeah, he... Like you said there, he really, really should have had his first career goal today. He was right on the doorstep. But yeah, he look, continues to look pretty solid. I like the game's not too big for him or anything. It's encouraging. It does make me think, though, the way things are going, that he probably is just getting the nine games. But that's it's good to be, as an 18-year-old, like you said, not drafting the top 10, to be able to come get those nine games and look look the part the whole time. And it pretty clearly solidifies that he's going to be on the team next year, and barring something crazy happening. So yeah, I was I was pretty happy with him today. He looks he looks solid. It's it's really interesting. It's it's a, a kind of a weird thing for an eighteen year old. A lot of times when you have someone that's young, like very talented but very green, it's a lot of like, hey, look at that play. That play was really cool amid a lot of not so great overall play. And he hasn't had a lot of like he hasn't have goal yet. Obviously, he doesn't have like a crazy highlight reel thing. It's like he just consistently is like a menace. He's he's tough to deal with if you were. Yeah, basically, if you're defending him, or if you're, if he's defending you, so he's been. He seems like the kind of guy that's going to be an impact player in the NHL, maybe as soon as like next year. Yeah,
0: I agree. I don't think that by any means that it's this is like a slam dunk thing for him being with the Sabres the rest of the way. I think that these next few games that he has before he gets to his nine games are going to be really pivotal for him because I don't think that he's necessarily solidified a spot. I think that he's got to clean up the penalties. I think he had two more today, which not ideal there. And so there's obviously some stuff when it comes to the discipline within his game there. And again, I think that all kind of lends into the point that I made before with just him being able to kind of acclimate a little bit further and further to the NHL game after playing, you know, so dominantly in juniors, like there's going to be a jump, especially when you're talking about a guy with the size that he has, But I I think that he is kind of in that realm of, you know, he's probably too good for the WHL and he's not quite at the point of being a reliable, consistent, everyday NHLer. But, I mean, I think overall, though, I've I've liked what I've seen from him a lot. I think that it'll be interesting to see how they end up going about it. Like, are they going to try and drag it out a little bit? Maybe then there's – don't they have the option of potentially doing a, a stint in Rochester before, like, the World Juniors even as a possibility?
1: Yeah, I think that's, a, yeah, that's
0: how it works. So it should be interesting to see how they end up handling that. But – I think that these next few games are going to be pivotal for him. I mean, it would have been great to see him get rewarded today and end up scoring that goal. I think that that would have gone a long way for helping his chances here. He's really just got to be able to start finishing a little bit, but I think that the opportunities are getting there. He's getting closer and closer, and it's just going to be a matter of time again as he's getting more and more used to the NHL level, the speed of the game, and also the talent of goaltenders as well. I think that's a huge thing. That's a transition for these younger guys of learning how to score on these NHL goaltenders. But we know that Benson has the ability and has the skill set to be able to be one of those guys. He's just putting it together right now. So I thought overall though, it's, it's trending in the right direction. And again, while there's maybe a few things left to be desired there, I've been generally speaking, pleased with an 18 year old 13th overall pick getting his first NHL minutes, like right off the bat. So it's, I I think we're looking good on the Benson front.
1: Yeah. Very encouraging. But before we say anything else about uh, any of the other fine young men on this team, Let's hear a word from our sponsors. And folks, you know, the show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season's going strong. Obviously, did you guys see the Jets-Giants game? Incredible stuff. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Uh, for example, Monday Night Football tonight. Or so, Yeah, tonight. Yeah, tonight. Lions Raiders, the Lions are favored by seven and a half points. Did you ever think you'd see that? A primetime game where the Detroit Lions were favored by seven and a half. Are they for real? Are the Raiders going to surprise people? That's for you to decide. How are you going to decide that? And how are you going to get on the game day greatness? You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five in the NFL. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE and Y or text HOPE and Y467-369. In Connecticut, help us available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Uh, now, before we get to the next sponsor, Brendan, do you still want Kirk Cousins? I would make the trade now. Let's do it. What happened? He tore his Achilles. Shut up. He did not. Yeah. Uh, Folks, this is a little behind the curtain. Uh, Brendan, we've mentioned that we're in a fantasy league with some of our former guests. I think everyone in the fantasy league has been on the podcast except for us. But uh, Brendan and I oh. have talked about in the Dynasty League, since I'm rebuilding, trading him Kirk Cousins. And I turned down an offer. I swear to God, an hour ago. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles in that hour. No taken way. Should have taken the deal. Okay. Um, well. Well, anyway, folks, while Kirk Cousins is going away, you know who's coming back? That's right. It's our good friend Ray J. Oh, yeah. Folks, you know what's coming up? Holiday season. Halloween's Tuesday, and after that, it's basically Christmas. So it's coming up quicker than you think. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday? You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. So you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. We talk about the Everyday Earbuds. We've done that quite a bit, and folks, it's fantastic. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their Everyday Earbuds – Uh, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. In this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star-reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter... Ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Important. Raycon's known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently doing 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. We're back. We're back. That's true of us and also the Sabres.
0: Yes, that is very, very true, Taylor. But you know it's not back, though? Uh, I don't know. Sabers power play, man. It is... Oh, boy. It is still very, very ugly. Still just off to a very rough start this year. More questions than answers in the early goings here. Last year, the Sabres, of course, had similar struggles. It felt like then, for stretches, they were able to really figure it out, make the adjustments necessary to really start to get some production out of their units here. And the first unit it's felt like just has not been able to finish the second unit. It's felt like really hasn't been able to generate even chances for that matter. It felt like Benson getting that opportunity today was one of the first high quality chances that that unit has gotten. I thought I saw something actually, I have to go back and find the tweet. Let me see here really quick, but I think that might've been the Sabres first high danger or the Sabres second power play units, first high danger chance Let me see here. I believe it was Aaron at 23 Sabres. Good follow for anybody on Sabres Twitter there. Yeah. He said that the slot chance by Benson was the second unit's first high danger shot attempt this season. That is not good. That's insane. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Taylor. Taylor. What are your thoughts on this power play unit right now? Like, what do they have to do to get out of this funk? And and is it again? You know, we've had this conversation. Is it a is it a personnel thing? Is it a setup kind of thing? Is it a, what like what part of the strategy is it? I mean, what's looking wrong to you? I guess maybe is the better question right now when it comes to the power play.
1: I don't know everything.
0: <laughs> Honestly, just I don't know where answer. to start.
1: I have no idea where to start. The talent's there, obviously. The talent's not a problem, but man, whatever they were doing last year, which I think last year the numbers were better than they, the numbers were better than the power play actually was because probably because Tage just scored a, like a million percent of his shots. But yeah, this year it's just, it's a disaster. And I think they kind of need to do what they did with the penalty kill, which is just like entirely rethink it, how they do everything. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, this is one of those things where you'd have your certain ideas. This guy should be the bumper, this guy should be in the slot they should be doing x y or z but this is one of the things that i think someone is paid six or seven figures high six figures low seven figures to figure this out and they're the ones that should be doing it <laughs> like well like, said that's it's it's kind of a coaching thing like i don't i'm not an nhl coach i don't think i should be the one being like that i, I here's how i would draw it up but i agree with you like it's it's a problem and it's it's the second unit in particular is It doesn't even look like they're on the power play half the time. A hundred percent.
0: It's night and day from what we've gotten out of the penalty kill this year. Again, I think today was really a great example of that as the avalanche, I believe have a top three power play in the NHL so far this year. And obviously they have some of the most unbelievable firepower of any first unit in the NHL. So that i guess is what is maybe giving me a little bit of hope is the fact that i think there's a couple things here at play i think one the fact that they were able to make the adjustments on the penalty kill and that it has been so successful in the early goings and two the finishing hasn't been there like tage has not tage has been producing in the sense that he's been like a positive 5 on 5 player and he's obviously when he's out there on the power play he's always a threat but the finishing touch hasn't been there yet and eventually those are going to start falling i, I don't think that there's any denying that i mean we're at four goals two assists through these first nine games of the year he only has one power play goal i just have a hard time thinking that the league is going to be able to have tage figured out to this degree because again tage is going to be able to make adjustments the coaching staff is going to be able to make adjustments and eventually those are gonna those goals are going to start falling there i also think that to the point about personnel that you also have enough talent between the two units and within the top nine of your forward group that if you did want to maybe move some guys around a little bit, you have the flexibility to do that without maybe taking a hit too much to talent. Like Jeff Skinner, I think is a perfect example of this. Like at five on five, unbelievable. We know his, his scoring prowess, his ability to create uh, uh, high danger chances at five on five is among the best in the NHL. But on the power play, he really historically has not been as good. I think he had a few good stretches last year, and I think that his chemistry with and Tuck has kind of secured that spot on that top unit. But he's a guy that I wouldn't mind you know, maybe we try and get middle up on the first unit, for example, potentially, maybe you give Benson an opportunity up there. I don't know. I mean, another, as we're talking about the Benson conversation, like Matt Savoy is going to be in the fold here and is going to probably be up and get start getting games maybe next week. He's already in his conditioning stint in Rochester. He scored his first AHL goal this past weekend maybe he's a a potential option that you can have just something to light a spark here and, and just to change things up a little bit, maybe JJ Paterka reward him for his strong start to the year. I don't know. I just think that you have the talent there. Like you said, that this shouldn't be a problem and it just comes down to the coaches, maybe making a, a slight tweak here or there, but in conjunction with that, like they're, they got to start falling soon. Like they're going to start coming to Tage. They're going to start coming to talk Darlene. Maybe he starts scoring a little bit more on the, on the power play here. So I I think it's frustrating right now and they clearly have to do something to figure it out. But I just, I want to think that within the next couple of weeks that that's going to at least get figured out. and, And instead of it being, Completely abysmal. We'll at least work our way up to like an average. You know, maybe they're around like in the fourteen to seventeen range or something like that.
1: That's something to shoot for. That'd be good. Well, I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna be decent at even strength defense now, then you don't have to have a power play that's top five.
0: Yeah, that's very fair. And again, I think today was another example of that of just the team defense really coming together here and being able to stymie one of the best offensive forces in the NHL. As I mentioned there in that last little segment, that little, little last little bit there, though Taylor Matt Savoy is going to be ready to be playing some NHL games soon, which I think is really exciting. Of course, he had that injury and in the prospects tournament after uh, an off that I think there was a lot of hype surrounding him, him getting a shot to potentially make this team out of camp. Obviously, the injury prevented him from doing that, but I think with what a year he had last year, the playoff run that he had last year that we've talked about a handful of times so far, he really earned that opportunity to see if he's ready to to take this step and be an, an NHL player here. And so he's going to get the nine game treatment as well. And I'm just curious, how excited are you for Savoy and what kind of role do you see him playing when he gets up with the big club?
1: Uh, I wonder if they do something similar to him that they did with Benson. And I also wonder if him and Benson don't actually play in the same games. Like, I think Benson has two more left, two or three, but anyway, so it's, he's not long for the roster. I don't think, but yeah. So Savoy, I kind of wonder if he, they, they try to give him top line minutes, give him all the opportunity to succeed, maybe, you know, play with Tage or whoever and really just have give him like put him in the position to succeed. So I kind of see it being similar to that. And then I just see how he handles it. He's, everyone says he's looked pretty good in the AHL this year. The Amherst are scoring a lot very exciting. So, you know, give him that, give him that ability to uh to earn well, I guess an earnest spot, but you know, like look good and uh take a step towards becoming a regular NHL player. Agreed. It's
0: gonna be a similar thing to look out for with Benson. Just guys of their size and stature there who are more skilled players How are they going to be able to translate? I I think that Savoy has the speed to be able to play at the NHL level. Now, I think that, again, his forechecking prowess is going to fit really well in this forward group. And again, I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, at the NHL level, like at that pace of play, is he going to be able to be the dominant offensive force that he was in juniors at this point? You know, I don't think that right out of the gate, he's going to be like that, but I think, really looking at it from the perspective of like how we viewed like Jack Quinn last year, where you started to see the flashes more and more that I was like, okay, like it's there. He's going to eventually just like break through. And after he builds up some of that confidence and gets a little bit more acclimated. And that's kind of how I feel about Savoy, that it's going to take a little bit of time. There may be some bumps in the road, but you're going to start to see the confidence grow more and more. And in conjunction with that, you're going to start to see the skill plays really start to Execute and, and follow through with them and be able to have a lot more of like a playmaking touch and a finishing touch. And it's just going to take a little bit of time, though. And I'm curious to see who he's also going to end up getting to play with. I think that's a good point about whether we eventually do see him and Benson, you know, get games together at the same time. I would be pretty surprised by it as well. But I think that Savoy gives you a little bit of a different skill set than Benson but still will be able to fit well within this forward group. And again, maybe he's able to provide a little bit of an additional spark for this team that allows him to stay up for the long haul and maybe make the team this season and not have to go back to the, to the WHL this year. So going to be very, very interesting to see. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, Any other big takeaways from this one, Taylor? I mean, I think Owen power had another really solid game today. It felt like, He just, it feels like he is just continuing every time he's out on the ice that it's just tilted in the Sabres' favor. Um, You know, we're still seeing, again, I I don't want to go as far to call it like growing pains or anything like that, but you still see the occasional lapse here or there. But by and large, I mean, power has been outstanding when he's been out on the ice. He's not a guy that's going to rack up a bunch of points for you, but he's going to make all the right plays to be able to maintain possession, to be able to keep the puck in the offensive zone, to be able to get the puck cleanly out of the defensive zone and allow the team to break out in transition. Uh, again, I just have been really impressed and happy with his game so far this year. I mean, we talked about JJ Paterka. I think Henry Yoki has had uh relative to what we've viewed of him uh, an encouraging year this year. Any other takeaways from, from this game and at least this recent stretch of games where the Sabres seem to be turning around a little bit that have really stood out to you.
1: Yeah. The abs are done. They're cooked. Era's is over. Really? No, I'm just kidding. no, they're just having a tough stretch. No, I don't know. I think, it gives them a good opportunity because people are highlighting this as a the start of the tough stretch of their schedule. And that's, it's true to an extent and people, you know, going and do it being three and five was not ideal. And especially losing close games the way they have recently, this is a really nice, uh, I mean, they're still only four and five, but it gives you a good opportunity because now you look at this week and they basically just have the flyers twice. And one of those is a national TV game for some reason. But the Flyers gave them problems last year. The Flyers have not been terrible this year the way people thought they would. And they're tough to play in the way the Tortorella teams usually are. However, this should be two wins. And if it's two wins, you're back in business.
0: I think this is a a pivotal stretch, like you said. The schedule, you have big games coming up here. I mean, obviously, you have a couple of, of winnable games, like you said, against the Flyers, even though they are off to that strong start. But really eye is on toronto here on saturday taylor going to be a huge matchup against the leafs in toronto oh boy and it is going to be i'm sure an electric atmosphere there and it's going to be interesting to see what version of this sabers team shows up it's also going to be interesting to see who the heck is playing in net for this one too because devin levi still day to day but again upl i think played really strong <laughs> i think Maybe you end up seeing if Levi is ready for Wednesday. Maybe he goes Wednesday, UPL goes Friday, and then you go back to Levi on Saturday against the Leafs. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how that ends up playing out here. But obviously not ideal on the Eric Comrie front that he is out now week to week as the Sabres had called up Devin Cooley to back up UPL here. We'll see for how long Cooley ends up staying up with the Sabres here. But Taylor, coming out of this game, I mean – You know, the NHL, it's it's like a game to game thing where one game, it's like the sky is falling and the next. It's like, okay, we're back. We're in business here. And I think that's very much the case when it comes to goaltenders. UPL, after again, what was a little bit of a shaky outing coming in relief of Eric Comrie against the Devils, had a really strong outing today. To what degree of confidence do you have going into next week with UPL potentially having to be the guy?
1: I don't love that, but he looked good today. And he didn't even really look bad against Ottawa. There was that late flurry. I don't even really know if that was his fault. So two of his three appearances have been at least pretty good. I can't say I love the idea of him playing three games in a week. And, you know, also there being a back-to-back there. No idea what's up with this Cooley guy if Levi can't go. But he's there. Uh, is something wrong with our boy Dusty?
0: I think just Cooley's had a really good start for... But
1: why hasn't Dusty played? hauser's played why isn't dusty played
0: i don't know it's a good question
1: yeah so yeah so yeah Coolie's had a decent start so like that's something i guess i mean i said this in a group chat but he does have a better AHL say percentage than upl um so yeah that's i can't say i'm super confident in that but goaltending hasn't really given us too much of a reason to be unconfident this year they've mostly been fine goaltending wise and they played better defense too mm-hmm. so also, Dustin Tokarski
0: backed up Michael Hauser in Utica on Saturday night.
1: Oh, so he must be healthy.
0: Yes. So he's hmm. just getting back into the mix here.
1: All right. Well, uh, anything else? Uh I don't think so at this stage of the game,
0: Taylor. I mean, our next episode will be coming out on Thursday. So in November. In November. That's disgusting, isn't it?
1: Ugh. At least the weather's like late August. not yeah. uh, kind of. Not really. yesterday was the last night I was
0: I think this yeah. weather, uh, the weather this week's going to be kind of shitty, so not ideal.
1: Oh, wow. That sounds like that sounds like uh, the fall. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh... <laughs>
0: you need to get something off your chest there.
1: Yeah. Elite weather, huh? <laughs> oh, man! boy. I sure do love how gray it is. Anyway, uh, oh, the boy. fall people are insane, but at least the Sabres are here.
0: The Sabres are here. The Sabres are back. All is well in the world and a huge, huge stretch of games coming up. So it's going to be very, very exciting stuff. Again, just as we wrap up here, we have the Sabres taking on Philadelphia Wednesday night in Philly before coming home and taking on the Flyers at home on Friday. And then, of course, folks, that big matchup against Toronto on Saturday in Toronto, very exciting stuff. We're going to be back with new episodes on Thursday and a week from today on Monday, recapping both the Philly game on Wednesday and that back-to-back against Philly and Toronto on Friday and Saturday. So make sure you're staying tuned to these upcoming episodes of Straight Up Savers, everybody.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, I got to say, for uh, posterity's sake, this is like one of the best sports weekends I've had in years. Uh, Talk about Bills it. win Thursday night. Spurs win Friday afternoon. Bulls win Friday night in dramatic fashion. I don't know if you saw that. That was very funny. Love it. Tennessee volunteers win in dramatic fashion. Sabres win. I mean, the Sabres won and lost. And the Bulls also lost yesterday. But still, Bonnie's playing Monday. They open Monday against Powerhouse Longwood. So Ooh. it's time to keep the good times rolling. That's they called you in high school, me. right? Powerhouse Longwood? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Taylor would It'd be, be walking in the everyone. hallways and everybody would be whispering under their breath.
1: Oh my God. It's power. That's right. I definitely was not five, nine, 130 pounds in high school. <laughs> I'm beating those allegations. <laughs> do not look at my Facebook photos from 2009.
0: Absolutely not. Do not find a time and yearbook from 2010, 2011 folks. Just don't. Or do-
1: if you do give it to me, I lost my senior yearbook. Oh so my God. If someone has it out there. Give it to me, because there are some very, I'm, I'm sure, uh, interesting and funny and witty notes in there for my <laughs> friends. <laughs>
0: Love that. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows across both networks and make sure you're following them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find us straight up Sabers. And before you close out of whatever app you're currently using to listen to this episode of Straight Up Sabers, make sure you are subscribed or following us and you leave us a nice little rating or review. As we would very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors, folks. God, t- Taylor, don't we love our sponsors? We we, love we sure em. do. We we love them, Taylor. Oh, we have of course DraftKings Sportsbook, and we have that promo code THPN that you can use at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And Raycon. You heard the man before, Ray J is back, Ray J is back on the Sabers bandwagon and we are back on the Raycon bandwagon folks. So make sure you're checking out Raycon, taking advantage of those deals through THPN so that you can get some nice little discounts on your audio products of choice. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday everybody. Have a great start to your week. This is Ben, Straight Up Sabers.